Welcome to the Parenting with Impact podcast with your hosts, Elaine Taylor-Klaus and Diane Dempster, co-creators of ImpactParents.com, an online community, award-winning blog, and service organization, helping parents all over the world to raise complex kids become capable, independent adults. Hi, everyone. Elaine and Diane here. And we know that you want your complex kids to grow up to be happy and independent. And yet you're not always sure how or when to help with that. In this podcast, we'll encourage you to collaborate with all kinds of complex kids and support them in navigating life and learning. And we'll interview leading experts from around the world, as well as parents in our own community, talking about how training for parents actually helps these complex kids. We'll talk about the issues we hear parents struggling with all the time and how a coach approach can support and empower your amazing young people. We won't tell you what to do. We're going to help you figure out how. So let's move on to the next conversation. Welcome back, everybody, to another conversation in the Parenting with Impact podcast. Yay! Yay! It's just us today. And we are going to talk about something that's been coming up a lot lately, like again and again and again. And it's we've been using it in a lot of presentations because it's such a resonant topic. And it's about asking for and accepting help. I can't tell you how many times it's like oh parents start, parents go, I want to help my kid, but my kid doesn't want my help. They won't they, let me. Why they won't let they me? Take my help, right? <laughs> They're like, they say, mom, I'm fine. Or they say, I don't need your help. Or they, you know, or they hide in their rooms <laughs> and avoid the help, right? So the question is, why don't our kids ask for or accept help? Well, and I think that's an important piece right there. All right. There's the distinction between asking for help and accepting help. So I think... I think there are kind of two places for us to play. One is to look at this issue, like one of the greatest long-term life skills we can teach our kids is to make it okay to to ask for help and accept. Oh my gosh. Yes. No, I think that it's, that's what adulting is about. And I was joking because I was laughing because the other day we were on a webinar or something and you were talking about the fact that you don't cut your own hair and you don't do your own taxes. And no, I don't. I don't, I'm like, I need a haircut, but, it, but you, you know, do your own taxes. Right? I do my, I do my own taxes. Now I'm at the point where I want somebody else to review them just to make sure, but because they've gotten more complicated recently, but it's, there's this adulting skill. Yeah, it is. I don't think we, we real. I don't think our kids realize. I think our kids, we often think that they're not supposed to need help. That grownups don't need help grown up. I mean, well, they watch us be so independent. Well, so so yes, it's an adulting skill. Yes, like they're not the only ones who kind of suck at it. And so we've got some parameters we're going to go through that we've been teaching this a lot. But here's here's the other thing I want to add. I am in a sandwich generation moment in my life mm-hmm. and um, spending a lot of time caretaking for my very aging parents. And I am witnessing how hard it is for them to accept help. And it is reinforcing for me how important it is to teach our kids and for me to practice because this is a lifelong skill. Well, and if I was thinking about even that, the word we use is independence. Like, and we're, we're working on helping kids to become independent. Yeah. And I think that we equate those two. It's like the sort of, if I'm independent, I don't need, I don't need anyone's anything. help. <laughs> I mean, it's like this sort of, I want people to help me with a dishwasher. I want people to help me clean my house. I mean, I have all the things that I want help with. So what to do with and all I like myself. to think I'm pretty darn independent and I'm a, a grown up, but the adulting skill is knowing where I want to choose to get help or where I need to get help because either 
it's not my strength or it doesn't, I always go through the math and you may not even know this. I'm like, okay, so how much do I make an hour and how much would it cost to pay somebody else to do this an hour? You know, there's an exercise that we go through, I think as adults to decide whether we want to seek someone else doing it or do I like doing it or is it too hard for me or would my hair look like crap if I tried to cut it myself? I mean, there's all those pieces, right? Well, yeah, it's the best and highest use of our time. Yes, I hear you speaking to it's like, what is where are we in our zone of genius? Where are we in our zone of excellence? Where are we not? (laughs) Yes. Back to taxes for me. So I want I want to ask you to bring up. So we've been teaching this a lot and we've we've been asking this question of, of audiences for a while. Like, why do you think your kids don't ask for or accept help? And so we've kind of narrowed it down to a bunch of answers. First of all, why don't they in part? is because we don't, right? So why does anyone resist asking for or accepting help is the first thing we really want to invite you to consider. Because underneath it- Is your kids different from you or is this really uh, something that they're getting from us on some level? Go ahead, Di. I think it's universal, right? When we look at the list in just a second, you'll see that these same instances are probably instances in which we don't ask for help either. Yeah, very common. So those of you listening and not watching, you don't have to watch the podcast on YouTube, but so we're going to read to you. We're going to say what it says. You get to see the the actual slide that we've been sharing in in presentations. So there are a number of reasons we've come to that we see are reasons that, that all of us resist asking for or accepting help. All right. And the first one. Oh, is that we're afraid we're not ready to do what's being asked of us. And that's big. Like we're afraid we're not ready to do. Maybe it's we're not ready to do as as kids. Maybe as adults, we don't want to do what's being asked of us. You know, back to taxes. I think about when my my middle kid was in high school and really did want to go to college, but kind of didn't want to go to college. And so because she was afraid she wasn't ready to do college, she was kind of putting the brakes on the whole college application process. And once we figured out that, that she she figured out that she didn't have to be ready to do her taxes at 18 years old, that, you know, she didn't have to know everything when she left for college that allowed her to be less fearful. But when we're afraid we can't do it, we're not ready to do it, or we don't want to do what's being asked of us, we're likely to throw on the brakes, right? Yeah. Yep. The second one is when we're feeling stressed or triggered or overwhelmed, or, you know, it's like it's we, we're in our coping mechanisms. And this, I think, comes up a lot with our kids. It's like this sort of they're they're in almost the phrase analysis paralysis. You ever had analysis paralysis where it's yeah. like, I'm looking at this stuff Perpetual stress again, I'm trying to figure it out. It's And it's like this sort of, I'm so stressed by this situation that I can't even think straight to go, okay, wait, maybe somebody could help me with this because I the part of my brain that tells me, hey, Diane, you might need some help with this isn't engaged because all I'm doing is spinning in the back of my head. Well, and this one feels like a counterintuitive truth, right? Mm-hmm. Because it feels like, well, when you're stressed and triggered, that's when you should accept help, right? But it's because we're stressed and triggered that we may resist the very help that we need. And so so being stressed and triggered actually can prevent us not just from asking for it, but from accepting it, because just even the notion of accepting it can feel overwhelming. Well, and the other thing is that a lot of the coping mechanisms when we're stressed and triggered are that counterintuitive truth. So if you have a 
inward stress and triggered, like a control stress and triggered coping mechanism, the voice in your head is going to say, I have to do this. I'm the only one that can do it. And I have to do it right now. Right. It's just sort of, so you're going to internalize it. If you're an externally focused coping mechanism, it'll, you know, you might be in blame. You might be in avoidance. You might be in shutdown. And so it's like, you're not even thinking about getting it done, let alone getting help for getting it done. Well, and if I'm stressed or triggered, the notion of exerting the energy that it might take to do something, even if I did have help, I don't want to put the energy into it. And that may need to add to our list um, is the the energy that it takes, not just I'm not ready to do it, but the the notion of how much energy it's going to take just feels overwhelming sometimes. All right. So the next one is sometimes we resist help because it's not really our agenda. And this, I think we see a lot in our kids. It's like, we think it should be important for them to do X, Y, or Z, but they're so, they're not really owning it. And because we're the one owning it, they don't want to, or need to, or feel the need to own it. And so there's this hesitation or resistance to do something because it doesn't feel like mine to do in the first place. Well, we could probably do, do we do a podcast episode around your agenda versus your kid agenda and and how to it ties into the motivation and about how to get p- thing, kids to engage or get buy-in when it's not their agenda. There's All a whole right, other so episode there. I've, I've just written that one down. Okay. <laughs> We're capturing that one. <laughs> but so oftentimes our kids don't do, or they resist asking for accepting help because it's not, it, we think it should be their agenda, but it's not really their agenda. They And so it's not that they're not even asking for help. They're not maybe even engaged in, doing it or getting it done. Right. The next one is that we don't feel safe or trusting. And this is a big one. It's like this sort of, it, it takes vulnerability to ask for help. It's not easy. And especially if it's not been modeled for us well, especially if we think we're supposed to be independent, if I'm afraid you're going to take over or make me do it your way, or, you know, kind of jump in in a way that doesn't feel like collaboration. And I really want I really want just a little teeny tiny idea and not to take over. This happens a lot because as parents, we get stuck in director mode. And so our kids are afraid we're going to come in and take over. And so they don't feel safe in asking for a little bit of help because what they might need is a little bit of help because history would tell them that maybe we're going to, you're going to jump in and, and pile on. Yeah. And so they don't feel safe or trusting either that, we're not going to take over. Right. Or there may be some other issues around shame here. Mm-hmm. Like they yeah. may not feel safe or trusting because they, you know, we're going to come to this again, but they feel like they shouldn't need it or they don't feel like, or they feel like we feel like they shouldn't need it. Yeah. Or we feel like they have to have it and that there's something broken, which leads them to needing the help. This or, is what's going on with our kids is they don't want to feel broken. So we're hiring a tutor because we think we're helping them. And they're seeing the tutor as an explanation of the fact that they there's something wrong with them. Right. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I was going to I'll put it on the last one because we're going to talk about two more here. Okay. <laughs> so the um, next one is they don't want to feel judged or we don't want to feel judged. And that kind of ties into what we were just saying. But when we don't see asking for help as neutral, when we don't see it as matter of fact, but we see it as coming with strings or coming because there's a problem. When we see it in a, in a context that doesn't feel good, it can mm-hmm. feel judgy. And, you know, if there's no shame in asking for accepting help. 
unless we feel like we're being shamed for it. Right. Where are we going to? Yeah. Have? No, I was just going to say like the thing with the taxes, it's like, there's part of me because I pride myself on being really You're good so at, with well. numbers. Yeah. I'm really smart. <laughs> and it's like this sort of, is it that I, you know, is it high, best and highest use of my time? I mean, that's, that's the question. It's not that I can't do it, but am I secretly judging myself even because I have to get somebody else to help me? I mean, that a lot of times we're the ones, we're our own worst critics on some of this stuff. And our kids are no different. They're judging themselves because the last one is we think we shouldn't need it. Oh my gosh. And we are all so guilty of this, aren't we? Yeah. Like all of us, we shouldn't need it. We should be able to do it all ourselves, especially this whole parenting thing. Like it's supposed to be natural and we're supposed to know how to parent, right? And oh yeah, we shouldn't need help to be parenting, but we you're... joke that there was no instruction manual, but the truth is like there was no instruction really manual. <laughs> An instruction manual. And this is complicated stuff. And it gets more and more complicated as, as the, we live in a more and more complex world. Well, so and the same is true. There. The same is true for our kids. Our kids don't think they should need it. In fact, a lot of times our kids are told not to get it. I remember really distinctly, like when, I, when my kiddos hit that age group where the teachers say, your parents shouldn't be helping you with your homework anymore. Oh, you should be gosh, doing it on yeah. your own. And it's like, all of a sudden the wall went up and my kids were like, mom, you're not allowed to help me stay out. I'm going to get in trouble if you help me. I mean, it's like this right. sort of, I shouldn't need it or I'm not supposed to have it. Yeah. And these are kids with executive function challenges. And so, yes, you can, let's go talk to your teacher together and let's find out what is and isn't okay. I'm not doing your homework, but helping you organize your homework is not the same as doing your homework or taking notes as you tell me what to write is not the same as writing your paper for you. I mean, there's, there's all they, kinds of ways, right? And a lot of these kids are very black and white thinkers. And so when the teacher says your parents shouldn't help you, you're in fifth grade now or whatever grade it was that they said that to them. It's like all of a sudden there's this universal, my parents can never help me again. Right. And again, there's that, those giant shoulds of I'm supposed to do this on my own. The system, when they turn 18 and they go off and, and you're not allowed to, you can pay for their college education, but you can't help support them through it. That's another one of those oh, where it shows Well, up. yeah. And when both my kids turned 18, I'm like, here's the piece of paper you signed so that I can keep helping you. Right. Okay, mom, thanks. That's <laughs> <You laughs> the end like of the conversation. Me. I'm like, but I'm that- going to but that relies on the relationship and the trust that you built with a yes. kid who felt safe asking for help and didn't feel like you were going to come in and micromanage and control. And, you know, and this notion that we all need help is one of those messages we want to be communicating to our kids. And, you know, I, my family laughs that my superpower is I don't take things personally. And I think that the, the reason I got good at that, because I can't, I was not always like that at all is because I got really good at asking for help. And I know they don't sound linked, but they really are. When I stopped feeling ashamed of started realizing that I couldn't do it all, that's when everything started to shift. Asking for help was the biggest turning point for me and not beating myself up for needing it. Well, and so two minutes on how do we remedy it, right? So so <laughs> number one is what you were just saying. Number two is about- off the slide. So yeah, 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 yeah. Watching um, so the second one is like modeling it, right? It's this sort of ask for help, engage with your kids, help, get work together, collaborate on the easy stuff. So like planning family vacations or planning, I don't know if you guys go to the grocery store together or planning meals together or finding ways to kind of work together and partner together and helping each other, you know, and, and again, ask, ask for help. 
And being able to, yeah, just saying around the house, hey, I could use some help. Is there anybody who can help me with this? Even if they say no at first, yeah. right? It's still normalizing, but you got to watch the tone of voice. So it's not, can someone help me? Like the demand, you know, when you're- Yes, doing, exactly. Like, yeah. Why isn't anyone helping me? Um, you got to watch the tone of voice in it. And and the other thing to watch for is is sometimes with our kids- we can't really understand why they can't do something. We think it should be easy. So we make it sound like it should be easy. Like that kind of, why can't you just, even if we're not using the words, we can kind yeah, of. Yeah. And that doesn't really create it. But so this is the, the thing is creating an environment where they feel safe and yeah. not judged and trusting. I mean, it's about relationship. How many times does everything come back to the relationship lane? I mean, it's this sort of right. creating right. an environment where I, you know, your kid's going to ask for help if they feel like that help's going to come in a way that's going to be helpful, I think, on some level. Exactly. Right. So watch tone, watch language. We'll put we'll put a link in the show notes to the to that article. Are you secretly calling yourself your child an idiot? An idiot. Yeah. <laughs> we'll find a couple of articles that might be good links for you. But tone and intention, like start. But we talk a lot about assume best intention. Assume that they do want to be helpful instead of that they don't. And over time, they will begin to want to. It's really funny how that shift happens. So before we wrap up this conversation, let's take a minute and ask yourself, what are you taking away from this discussion that Diane and I have had? What do you, what's your insight? What's your takeaway, your aha? And how might you turn this into some action steps? What do you want to do with the information that you gained from our conversation today? At Impact, we're always about taking information and turning it into action on some level. So what do you want to do with it? And how do you want to set yourself up for success with whatever it is you commit to yourself to do. My invitation to you is to maybe give yourself the exercise of practicing, making it okay to make mistakes and practicing asking for help in the coming week. Let's see how that goes. Yep. Okay. Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening to us and joining us. Well, and thanks, thanks for all you do for yourself and for your kids. It makes a huge difference, y'all. We'll see you on the next one. You've been listening to the Parenting with Impact podcast with Elaine and Diane. For more information on the Impact Parents community or to join Sanity School for Parents, please visit impactparents.com. If you like what you've heard, please share this podcast with friends who need similar guidance and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For the essentials of Elaine and Diane's coach approach to parenting, download a free tip sheet at impactparents.com slash podcast. Behavior therapy training for parents is actually recommended as a first-line treatment for complex kids. For information about Sanity School, our training program for parents or teachers, which has helped thousands of families around the globe, visit impactparents.com slash sanity school. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.